evil. Now, I don't want you to get confused about where I'm about to go in the next couple of minutes. Please don't get confused because I'm not trying to pull you away from praying around here and praying with groups and when we come together and we pray collectively because we've spent a month talking about praying together. And the early church prayed together. And we're going to continue to pray together. But the Lord put this in my heart that I've got to stress to you this thought. That we will become better together when we become better alone. We will become better together when we become better alone. We pray together. We pray in unity, we pray for each other, but we also must make sure that we have a solid personal prayer life. We need prayer partners, but we need aloneness with God. We need to be with people and pray together in unity, but we need to know how to be alone with God. And I feel the Holy Ghost driving me to tell you this. Do you know how to be alone with God? You don't have to have somebody alongside of you praying for you. You can have a communication with God all by yourself. And this church is going to become better together when we become better alone. When your your personal prayer time deepens, you just wait to what's going to happen when we come in this place and we pray together in unity. Amen? Terry Shock, Nick told me this quote. Terry Shock had made the statement, maybe at BOTT, that if you can't tell me when and where you pray, you probably aren't praying. So if we were to ask you, where is your prayer place? And I'm not going to. I'm not here to embarrass you. But where is your prayer place? Where do you talk to God all by yourself? This morning, I'm just going to open my heart to you. I did it in Bible study this morning. But this morning, I went to bed early this morning. How many of you went to bed early this morning? So I, I think it was about 1.15 when I finally told Bonnie, I said, I can't even stay awake. I've got to go to bed. So I go to bed. I did just like you did. I go to bed not knowing who won this election. I woke up not knowing who won this election. I'm going to go to bed tonight probably not knowing who won this election. I may preach Sunday not knowing who won this election. But let me tell you all something. And don't look at me wrong on what I'm about to tell you. But this morning, I'm not an early bird. Pop's the early bird. I go to bed after Pop's been in bed for three or four hours. And so this morning, I went to bed about 1.15, and it was probably about 6 o'clock. I woke up. I woke up, and my feelings were all over the place. I woke up with my heart racing. I woke up feeling anxious. I woke up feeling trepidation. I woke up feeling like I was having a, an attack of some kind. And my heart was really racing this morning. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm up here bearing my soul to tell you this. And so I knew I had to get somewhere. And here's my routine. On my way to where I'm going every morning, I stop by a corner in the kitchen and I make a pot of coffee because Jesus likes me better when I've had coffee. 
He didn't drink it, but I bring mine to the meeting. And I sat there, and I start talking to Jesus. And so I do what I normally do. I'm waiting for the coffee to brew because I'm about to go meet Jesus. And, and I I'm, I'm, uh, pulled my phone out, and I'm just kind of scrolling down through there. And I go right here. This is my altar. This is at the end of the dining room table at our house. This is where I go every morning and talk with him. And so I go this morning and my heart's racing. And you know what it was reminiscent to me of? I kneeled down. I kneeled down. I'm trying to pray and my heart's, I'm just, I can't get into it. I set up and I try to pray and I can't get into it. And, and it's reminding me of the way it was on that Tuesday morning of September the 11th, 2001. I went back to that time in my mind. But here I am at my spot. And the Lord just flooded my mind with this thought. It takes me a little while to wake up. But he flooded my mind with the thought that I woke up this morning not knowing who my president's going to be in 2021, but I have no doubt who my king is. And every single one of us here today, we may not know for a while who our president is, but we have no doubt who our king is. And we have senators, and we have governors, and we have legislatures, and we have justices, and we have a president, and we have the executive system, the judicial system, the, the, the uh, House of Congress. What do you call that system, that department? The, House of Re the legislative department, we have those things. But more than that, we're, we're children of the Most High God, and we have a king. And so he reminded me of that. And so here I am at my spot. This is my spot. And I started out by, I, I, I do this. Sometimes I just pop my head up against the back of the chair, you know. And then it's about how fast I get up, too. And then I'll turn around, I'll sit down and, and start talking. And so this morning, I go to my spot, I begin to pray. And I'm having these feelings. And you know what God told me? I'm going to tell you what God told me. God said, uh, put down your phone. I can't talk to you while you're looking at your phone. He did. And if y'all would listen to him, he's probably going to tell you the same thing. He literally told me, put down your phone. I can't talk to you while, I, while you're looking at your phone. And I put down my phone. And just to make sure that I wasn't distracted by it, I made sure it was on silent. And I put my wallet on top of it. And then he began to flood my mind with verse after verse after verse of Scripture. And he began to remind me of what his word told us. And he began to take my attention back to John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16. Let's look at it real close just for a minute. In John chapter 13, his final lesson, his final Bible lesson that he's teaching his disciples and his final prayers right here in John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. These chapters record it. And so he's telling us in John chapter 13, verse 33, he said, little children... Yet a little while I am with you, you shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, 
You can't come with me. You can't be part of what I'm about to do. And then he looks at them and he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one to another. And Simon said, Lord, well, where are you going? Jesus said, Where I go, you can't follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. And Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus said, Will you? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Well, here, here he's talking about these things, and it's a mystery to them, and they can't understand it, and they can't get their head wrapped around it. And right here in front of everybody, he's just called Peter out and said, You're going to deny me three times. And so their hearts are all worked up. They're all in a tither. They're just all messed up. And so John 14, 1 starts out with this. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. So we want to take that thought and go ahead and go into heaven. Are y'all with me? Because he goes ahead and talks about the place that he's prepared for. So as a child of God, we want to take that thought. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And we want to jump right on into heaven. That's not what he was dealing with. He was connecting, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He was connecting that to what he had just said, that I'm about to go into a place that you cannot come. I'm about to do something that you can't participate in. And not only that, you're going to deny me, Peter. And then he goes on to say, this is what I'm about to do. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He's not just talking about going into glory and preparing the eternity for us. He's talking about what he's going to do for us to come into even while we're here in this life. Because what he's about to do, he's about to start unfolding. And I'm not going to bring to you 14, 15, and 16 in its entirety. But what he's about to start unfolding is the life in the Spirit. He's going to talk about the Comforter. He's going to talk about the Holy Ghost. He's going to talk about becoming one with him as he is with the Father. Because what he's about to walk into where they can't go, he's about to go into that place where he is going to purchase for us our salvation, solidify the fact that it's going to happen. He's going to die. He's going to be buried. He's going to rise again. And eventually, just a few days afterwards, the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out and a whole new way of living is going to be opened opened up to humanity. I think we understand that. And Jesus knew what was about to happen to him. Not only did he know what was about to happen to him, he knew what was going to happen to them. Are y'all with me? He knew what was going to happen to him, and he knew what was going to happen to them. And he also knew what was going to take place later. So there's a valuable lesson right here. He begins to segue into it from the time he washed his disciples' feet in John chapter 13 before he goes into the garden for this prayer in John chapter 17. And John's recording these wonderful truths. But there's a lesson that we can dig underneath and find that, that if you'd look close, you'd see that if we give up too soon, we're going to miss out on what he started. Because he said, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. 
and the place I'm going to go prepare, I'm going to bring you to myself. He talks about this. He talks about life in the Spirit. He's praying over in John chapter 17 about us being one with him and being with him where he is. That's not just talking about our eternity. That's talking about right here, right now. A lot of us are getting all worked up about going to heaven, and he's, well, he's all already worked up about making heaven right here for you and me. He's brought us out so we can dwell with him in heavenly places. And so if we give up too soon, we're going to miss out on, on what he started. And what he started, he intends to accomplish. So look at, look at how he kind of ties this together and begins moving with this in John 16, verse 24, those last few verses of John 16, Jesus said, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask for your joy to be full. Turn around, poke your neighbor and say, have you asked for that lately? I mean, if you can ask the Lord for joy that is full, fullness of joy, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, why would you just not want to ask for it? He said, ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, and at verse 25, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day, you shall ask in my name, and I, I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb, now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee, but this we believe that thou camest forth from God. But notice this, verse 31, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Jesus challenged his disciples. Jesus challenged his disciples' confidence, and he challenged their comprehension. He, they just got through saying, Lord, now we are sure. Now we believe. In verse 30, Lord, now we are sure. Now we believe. And Jesus challenged their confidence. He challenged their comprehension. He challenged what their confidence was in. He challenged how deep their understanding really was. I hope you are with me right now. I don't want to lose you. They're just like us. These guys that was with Jesus are just like us. They had it good at the moment. They had the Lord standing there with, the, with him. They, they had it good. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like they were in a brand new building. They had a great PA system and great lighting. And AC worked. They had good chairs, comfortable chairs. They had it good. They had plenty of room. They could lay down and be in church if they wanted to. They had so much room on a Wednesday night. They had it good at the moment because the Lord was with them. They had it good because they had him with them. 
You see, they had good circumstances. Things were just going great in their life. The Lord was with them. The Lord had just got through washing their feet. I mean, how better can you get than this is just done not too long after he had washed their feet. They had had supper together. He's talking to them. Oh, yeah, Lord, we got this. And he said, uh, really? Because the very next verse, he looks at them and he tells them this in verse 32. Behold, the hour cometh. Yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, and you shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Lord, we got this. We understand what this is all about. And Lord, we're here. We got confidence in where we're at. They had confidence in where they were. But he said, The hour is going to come that you're going to scatter, you're going to flee. I'm going to be all left alone. But then he comforts them with this. In verse number 33, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said this. If you're filling out those blanks, Jesus said this. In me ye might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. So this is where we've got to get our heads wrapped around it, get our hearts connected to it, grab a hold of it with everything that is within us. Our source of peace is not our circumstances. Our source of peace is not things going right in our life. Our source of peace is not knowing all the answers in our society. Our source of peace is our Lord Jesus himself. He said, in me is where your peace comes from. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But in me, I am your source of peace. Amen? So Jesus prepared his disciples. He prepared them. You and I have been being prepared. I've kind of watched y'all this evening as you come in. I've kind of been watching the people of God today as I've mingled with them and come around them. And I'll, I'll be flat out honest with you. I'm tickled with you. Ain't a single one of you come in here singing a blues song. Ain't a single one of you come in here singing, mm-hmm. oh, it's so bad in our country today. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know who my president is right now. Bum, 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 bum. None of y'all come in here acting stupid. None of you came in here just, you came in here like as, like everything is just normal. And that makes this old pastor feel pretty good about where we are as a church body. You ought to just clap your hands to the Lord right now. Because we understand something. We understand. It's more than us just coming together and shouting and, prof- and, 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 and making prophetic statements. It's, it's about the fact that we realize that our hope is built not on this shaky world. Our hope is built on something that is greater. Our peace doesn't come from Washington. Our peace comes from Jesus himself. He's our king. He prepared his disciples. And he told them, 
You're going to have tribulation in the world, but in me, you're going to have peace. And he goes on to tell them, in John chapter 14, he told them, he said, I'm going to leave my peace with you. So the second point, did y'all fill out those blanks? I mean, I did this because somebody requested one of these. Okay, on the back side under number one, he challenged his disciples, confidence and comprehension. I'm going slow enough, baby. And over here, Jesus said, in me, you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. I can make this more complicated. And then the second thing, Jesus leaves his peace with us. He looked at his disciples in John 14. He said, I'm going to leave my peace with you. I'm going to give you peace. Paul writes to us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. The word holy is the word for completely. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. The very God of peace. When Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth give I unto you, but my peace in John 14, 27. So don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. My peace I leave with you. And so Paul tells us later in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That's your complete being. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said, the one that called you is faithful, and he is going to do it. He's faithful. You know what's exciting? What's exciting is in Acts chapter 10, when Peter was going, he went down to Cornelius' household. He went to preach this first message to the Gentiles. That brought you and me into this. And Peter opened his mouth in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, and he said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Peace. And the third and final thing, his peace is our security. We've got to remember that we are citizens of heaven. It's an old song. It's on page 317 in our antique songbooks. We've still got some floating around. They may be all at the old building, but on page 317 in that songbook, there's a song that says, This world is not my home. Y'all remember that? This world is not my home. What's the next line? I'm just a passing through. You know what we are? We're pilgrims, right? We're pilgrims. We're, we're just coming through this world. We're not of this world. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't 
feel at home in this world anymore. We're citizens of heaven. We got to remember that. We got to remember that we are citizens of heaven. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul said that, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as you have us for an ensample. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven. This is where our heart's at. This is where our mind's at. This is where our focus is. This is what drives our conduct. Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And a lot of times when we read the scripture, we just stop because the chapter ended. Y'all quit doing that. Just, just because you come to the end of a chapter doesn't mean it's time to stop reading. I'm going to give you a little quick Bible lesson, all right? Because what's the first word in chapter 4, verse 1? Therefore. You don't start something with therefore. That's connecting something else. Y'all got it? So you don't stop. You don't stop talking about citizenship in heaven. You don't talk about the coming of the Lord and just stop reading. Okay, that's my end of my, my Bible reading for today. That's why we're, 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 we're scripturally illiterate. Look at the next word. Do it for yourself tomorrow. When you get to the end of your Bible reading, just read the next couple of lines just to make sure it doesn't connect. And by all means, quit. Taking those little little one verse things off of your off of your table, y'all y'all remember what I'm talking about? The little daily bread that's got the one little verse in it. Quit reading one of those and calling it your devotion. You're gonna be just as well off going to Mings and pulling out one of those fortune cookies and reading that. That ain't studying the Word of God just because you read a little excerpt from Scripture. You can read them, read them, read all of them, but just don't call it your devotion. Don't call it your study time. Just call it your I'm too busy to stop and even think about the Lord right now time. I'm telling you what you need. I feel this in the Holy Ghost driving you. We're going to be better together when we're better alone. And when you've got yourself an altar, it doesn't have to look like this, but if you can walk your family to a spot that they know that every morning they're going to find you there on your knees or sitting in the presence of the Lord, you're going to do your family a whole lot better. You're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better spouse. You're going to be a better person in general. And when you come in here in the house of God, you're going to be rip-roaring ready to receive what God God's got for this moment. Well, hallelujah. Y'all shut down on that one. I don't know why, but you did. All right, so Paul just, Paul was like, okay, we're not stopping in verse 3. Therefore, therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my crown, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. If you hadn't have kept reading, you'd have missed Paul's loveliness. 
I beseech Yodas and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, Paul's writing a letter that's supposed to be read to the whole church. Now, so if Paul had written this letter to First Pentecostal Church, it would, I don't know, I don't know how y'all would have responded if he had stood up here and whoever's reading this letter is saying, okay, and this is what Paul said, I beseech, I beseech Edwin and, and, and John that they start getting along. But he's calling them out right here in front of the church. The scriptures bear the, the, the letters being read, and he said, I beseech you, Otis, and beseech Sintiki, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Y'all get on the same page. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And then he goes on for the whole body, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Some of you may be reading a translation that says be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But if you are, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. When you wake up with your heart racing and when you wake up with an oppressive feeling, go talk to him about it. Take it to him. You know what? He might tell you what he told me. Uh, put your phone down. I can't tell you anything while you're looking at your phone. Pay attention. That's going to that's gonna ring back on somebody tomorrow. You're going to hear it. Put your phone down. I can't talk to you while you're on your phone. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul just told us, he said, we need to be united. We need to be joyful. We need to be prayerful. And the peace of God. That last thing on that last on the last part of the handout, we are citizens of heaven. We should be united. We should be joyful. We should be prayerful. So in closing, Paul said, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding will keep. You know what that word keep is? It's guard. The peace of God which passeth all understanding is going to guard your hearts and your minds by Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus. The peace of God that passes all understanding. We were in class this morning over here in the, thri in the uh, uh, Thrive Room, I believe it was, the hyphen room. And it just kind of hit me while we were standing there talking. You know, there's one entrance. There's that door. And I told him, I said, like, it's like this, this room is our heart. It's our mind. And the security guard of the peace of God is standing there protecting our heart and our mind.
There's evil reports. There's bad circumstances. There's things that aren't just quite right. There's things that are moving. But we've got a guard that's keeping our heart and keeping our mind. The peace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord is our security guard. So that's why he said, just don't be anxious. Don't, don't worry about it, but do be prayerful. And with thanksgiving, turn it over to him. Some of y'all are reading that book, Draw the Circle. And it was in that book, Bonnie shared something with me the other day. And then Beverly brought it up to our attention in, in our Bible study this morning. And I don't know if I get this quote right or not, but... Y'all have learned the lesson that a lot of times we want to pray things away that God wants us to pray through. I'm sure the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would like to have prayed away the fiery furnace. Daniel would have chosen not to have been thrown in the lion's den. Paul would have chosen not to have been in a storm for about three weeks or however long it lasted. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that if we had our choice, we would pray them away. But there are some things that God says, you're going to learn a lesson and you just need to pray your way through this. And that's what Jesus is saying. And this is my final, final passage of Scripture in John 17. Go back to where we started. In John 17, verse 15, Jesus said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. We are in this world, and it's time we join our voices together that, that aligns itself with what he's already prayed for us, that, Lord, I'm here, and I'm praying that you keep me from the evil. Jesus said, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me let's stand together he prayed that we be kept not taken out he prayed that we be set apart by truth not isolated in our own safe space bubble he prayed that we be one and we must endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace and we must maintain oneness with him today let's pray let's pray for each other right now would you just reach over and let's pray Let's pray against fear and against anxiety and against inner turmoil and against despair and against hate and against hatefulness and anger and frustration. And let's pray for renewed passion and confidence and clarity and peace and opportunity for us to just be what God wants us to be in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for this body of believers. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for what you've started and what you're doing and what you're going to complete in our life. And I pray, Lord, that our voices and that our prayer would join yours. I pray, God, that you would help us today 
to realize our purpose, that you're keeping us. Lord, that we're set apart by your truth. Help us to be one with you, one with each other. God, every fear and anxiety and turmoil and despair and and hateful thought and anger and frustration that might begin to manifest itself in your people. God, I pray that you would help us just to turn things over to you, bring it to you. I pray for renewed passion and confidence. I pray for clarity. I pray for peace. I pray for opportunity to be able to bring honor to you. Help us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love all of you.